From the Texas Veterinary Medical Association in Austin, Texas, this is Veterinary Vitals, a podcast that focuses on current news in the Texas veterinary profession. I'm your host, Audrea Wood. Today on the podcast, we speak with Brittany Sharkey, Executive Director of the Texas Board of Veterinary Medical Examiners. If you're out of the loop on concerns with TBVME record keeping, I recommend listening to our podcast episode with Ms. Sharkey from December 2022. During the legislative session this spring, lawmakers voted to attach the TBVME to another state agency, the Texas Department of Licensing and Regulation, for the next four years. Here's our conversation on the agency's progress since our last update. Hi, I'm Brittany Sharkey. I'm the executive director of the Texas Board of Veterinary Medical Examiners. Wonderful. Now, the agency has gone through some major changes this year with the new relationship with TDLR. How is that transition going and what are the benefits to TBVME? So, you know, when the bill first came out, obviously, I think as any agency head that's going to strike some fear into your heart. This is an agency that's been around for 112 years. And you're like, man, is it going to go down on my watch? I hope not. Can't can't let that happen. Um, But really, as we've gotten into this relationship with TDLR, they've been so fantastic. Um, You know, they've got a lot of resources. I talk about kind of the, I've talked about the difference of the small agency where we're all kind of utility players. Everyone on my team is fantastic. They have to wear a lot of hats. Um, Some are more flattering on us than others. Uh, but TDLR is obviously a much larger agency. And so they've got these really fantastic subject matter experts. So we are now getting access to those folks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really appreciate them as well. They've, you know, everyone at TDLR has this ethos that they're not trying to turn the vet board into another TDLR or a mini TDLR. Uh, I think they acknowledge that we're we're just very different agencies and we're going to have different ways of doing things. And so there's been a lot of curiosity, a lot of respect um, and so it's just been great to get their expertise and weighing in and seeing how they, how and why they do things, you know, them kind of getting to us, seeing how and why we do things. Um, so it's been really, really good and very productive. Um, we're only, you know, three months in, which crazy that we're already there, but uh, there's been a lot of positive impact so far to the agency. Good. I'm glad that y'all are getting along and collaborating well. It makes all the difference. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. One of the big focuses of the Sunset Criticisms was the database issue for the organization. How does the lack of new database affect operations and interaction with vets in the public? Or have a lot of these issues been resolved? So we are still working on it. You know, my goal is in finding and procuring a new database for the agency. I I have two major commitments. I want to do it right. I want to go through the process correctly, do everything that we're supposed to do dot the I's, cross the T's. Uh, And I also want to find the right solution for our agency. I want to be in a position where we're not coming to the legislature. You're not hearing us talk about a database for at least a decade after this. Um, So we are in the process with uh, both TDLR and DIR, which is the Department of Information Resources, which is kind of the vendor hub provider for all tech support services for all state agencies. 
Uh, so we're working with them. We're kind of, we're in the early days of reaching out to vendors, getting bids, finding what's out there. Uh, because obviously I think, you know, we are a small agency with the kind of rep- a small agency budget for this database. It's a great budget, but it's still relatively small. So we're looking at, you know, what is out there off the shelf that we can build and customize. It's going to meet the needs of our agency, of our licensees and of the public for the next several years to come. Uh, so there's been a lot of progress. We're really excited. You know, obviously we can't talk too much about it while we're in kind of negotiations and trying to, you know, get that information. But uh, forward progress is happening. Uh, we're still kind of working off of spreadsheets and a prayer, but I really appreciate, you know, the we've been able to staff up and get more folks kind of behind the line to help us uh, manage those spreadsheets and databases so we can really keep track of our own internal data in the meantime. Wonderful. I know that's a huge project, um, finding the right vendor, finding something that is out of the box. It doesn't have to be custom because custom software development is not cheap. Um, (laughs) So I know that's really tough. And it's a lengthy process too. That's, you know, we're all, we want, we hopefully are looking for something that can be, you know, operational sooner rather than later um, and really, you know, return that promise back to, back to our licensees in the public. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, staffing has been an issue with the board, as it has been for many other state agencies. Um, can you tell me a little bit about what TBVME has requested from the legislature in terms of resources from this past session? Um, and did the legislature supply all the needed resources? Sure. So we're really excited. Um, I think this legislative session was proof that you know, you've really got to go out and ask for what you need. You've got to get on record, tell the legislature what it is you need to do your job. And even if they don't give it to you, you've at least got the record of asking because what we found going into this session was there just was not a record of the agency asking for what they needed. Uh, So we really took a holistic look at what, you know, what the various departments needed, where there was lag, where there was backlog and how could we resolve that? So it was a really productive, a really excellent session for us. Uh, the legislature gave us eight new FTEs or full-time employees wow. uh, over our 21. So that's a huge increase. To see growth in an agency like that is really unprecedented. But yeah. I think it reflects that we were probably understaffed for quite some time before this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, in those employees, we have now for the first time ever a veterinarian on staff uh, who's helping us with our medical reviews, providing expert witness testimony, in contested case hearings. Uh, We've got an additional staff attorney to help with that kind of legal case backlog. And probably what's going to be of most interest uh, to licensees is we have six new investigators coming aboard. Uh, So we currently have five, or we currently had five. We are now in the process of hiring those additional six. Um, We'll be up and running in that area. Uh, We've got several coming aboard in January, and we should be fully staffed probably before like spring of next year. So I think licensees are actually going to start seeing us coming out doing inspections a lot more than they had in the past. So hopefully I want everyone to get ready. We're coming. We've got the resources and we're reaching to all corners of the state now. That's wonderful. That's really good news. It makes a big difference having that many staff added. It does. You know, it's it's crazy that, you know, we had five people who were supposed to cover the entire state for inspections, investigations. And so now we can really make sure that we're out here making sure that our folks are doing what they need to do and keeping up with the latest, uh, you know, if there's any changes in regulation. Um, and then also just providing reassurance to the public that, you know, for the vast, vast majority, these 
veterinarians are doing a great job in Texas. Why do you think some state agency leadership might not ask for what they need? Do you think it's a little bit of politics sometimes, or do you think they're just maybe unaware of the status of the agency? Why do you think that would be? So, you know, obviously it's tough to kind of rebuild and figure out what, what was going on uh, before, before my tenure, but I think asking for things draws a spotlight sometimes. And if you're trying to avoid that spotlight, not asking, kind of coming in quietly, not asking for new programs, new funding, new employees is a good way to avoid that. But also, you know, you hear, oh, it's a bad budget year. We don't have a lot of money. They're not funding anything this year. Don't don't go in asking for things. And, you know, luckily this year, my first session as executive director was a very great budget year. There was a huge surplus. There was a lot of money to go around. So there was, it was kind of the, this is the perfect, this is the perfect storm of time to ask. If there was ever a time to ask, it is now. Um, And I think even in, you know, I came from the legislature. And so it's always good to at least hear from agencies and say, okay, I know they've asked for this before. They've at, you know, they've been on the record asking for this for three or four sessions. This is the session they clearly need this, we're going to fund it. And so, you know, I think it's just making sure that you are asking for what you need and getting that in record. Because if you don't ask for it, and then you tell them the legislature, there's a problem, they're going to say, well, why, why is this the first we're hearing about it? Um, Legislators, I think need, it is our job as agencies to inform legislators, legislators, what we need, you know, they're obviously not here with us on the day to day. Uh, and it's just good. They don't want to hear from you when you're in a crisis. They want to hear from you before that, when they when they can intervene before it gets to that that phase. So yes, of course. I read an article that you were featured in back in September, kind of highlighted some of your accomplishments as far as getting the cases. I believe the cases reviewed back up. That was very encouraging to hear. Oh well, thank you. Yeah, we're very proud of that. That's there's been a lot of hard work from both our enforcement and our legal divisions. You know, it's we take it very seriously that when complaints are out there, we don't want it hanging over the head of the the complainant who filed or conversely, the licensee who's out there, you know, with this complaint against their professional license. So we know what a sensitive and mentally consuming issue that can be. So it's within our we're the only folks that can get through it quickly. And we want to make sure that we can do what we need to do to get those cases resolved as quickly and fairly as possible. And so it's been a real Herculean effort by our team. And I'm so, so happy with them. Um, Right now, you know, we're, we don't have a huge backlog of cases pending our informal settlement conferences. We're getting cases filed with the state office of administrative hearings. Things are really flowing in a way that they hadn't for a long time. Yes, that's great. So we can definitely see uh, some results from your hard work already. And that's amazing. So I'm very excited for all of these positive changes that you've brought. Oh, well, thank you. And really it's, I am only confident because of the incredible team of hardworking state employees, public servants I've got working every day at the agency. It's, they're really an incredible team who weathered a lot of upheaval in the last couple of years, and they really still just kept their heads down to deliver and make sure that they're protecting the public. So I could not do what I, I could not do what I do without them. And the only reason I'm able to sound so confident is because I know, I know I've got that great team behind me. Now the board has not really raised fees in a few years. How do you, how do license fees compare to other states? So it's interesting, you know, it's, 
try to compare across states, especially in the veterinary profession, is really an apples and oranges conversation. A lot of states don't necessarily, you know, there's separate licensing fees for facilities or, you know, for if you're going to have a controlled substances license. So it's tough to get kind of a full sale comparison because we don't all classify things the same. Yeah, It's really interesting. We actually belong uh, to an association, the American Association of State Veterinary Boards, if you could think that there is such a thing out there. <laughs> uh, but we've got a great list there where we're just kind of talking. I get to access to talk to other EDs from across uh, the United States and Canada. And so it's so interesting to hear how they're doing things. And you sit and think, okay, well, this is obviously, you know, our licensing act. This is the best way to do things. We're, we've got everything we need. This is, this is the smart, sensible way to regulate. And you find out, no, there's, there's so many other ways to do it. Um, so, you know, we are on the higher end of states, but we're also a more populous state. So, right. You're kind of expecting to see that, um, mm-hmm. as, relates to Texas and sort of other medical professionals in the state, we're actually the lowest of the doctoral kind of licensees in Texas. So across MDs, uh, dentists, ophthalmologists, even physical and occupational therapists, you know, the chiropractors, those folks, we're actually on the lower end of that. Uh, We have not raised fees since 2018. We are currently in talks to raise fees to cover some of these additional appropriations. Um, We don't know what that's going to look like yet. We're still kind of crunching the numbers and trying to figure that out. But, you know, we want licensees to know that we're not doing this lightly. We understand, you know, how hard it is to make money in this, you know, with inflation. We're very, very sensitive to that and don't want to take this lightly. So we really are doing our due diligence to make sure that we're raising only the bare minimum that we can to cover to cover our costs. Well, one issue that affects our members is the unlicensed practice of veterinary medicine by non-veterinarians. We talked about this a little bit last time. Is there anything new or um, that you guys have amped up to combat that? One of the best things that we're really happy is with our new expanded enforcement team, as well as our expanded legal team. So that really increases our capacity to take on these cases and handle them. Uh, But one of the, the best reporters we have for these complaints, uh, despite, I think, some feelings of licensees, we are not everywhere all the time, just to, able to find things that are happening. We are complaint driven. So we have to get those complaints in to investigate and to prosecute. Uh, veterinarians are our best source of those complaints against the folks practicing without license. So I really encourage our licensees to keep an eye out, keep an ear out. You know, if they're treating an animal from an unlicensed person, we want to know about that because we can only act with that information. So right. we're really, if you see something, say something, let us know. And we, we're going to take that very seriously because it, you know, our mission is to protect the public and having folks out there practicing unlicensed is one of the greatest threats to to public safety. And we want to make sure that we're doing everything we can to get that, to yeah. do that. In the mud. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't realize that veterinarians were the primary reporters of that. So that's really interesting. They are. Yeah, we get folks that come in kind of on that secondary. They're seeing an animal after there was some unli- treatment by an unlicensed person and there's complications. And so it's so great that veterinarians, you know, even in with everything they've got going on, are able to say, hey, this isn't right. Let me raise the flag. Let me let the state board know so they can look into it and take take some action. Well, what additional resources or legislative changes would aid the board in fighting unlicensed practice? Is there anything else that you guys are looking at at this moment? 
One of the great things about um, SB 1414 is that it requires TDLR to look at our statute and make recommendations to sunset ahead of the 2027 legislative legislative session, which sounds like it's forever away, but really it's coming so much closer than we even can think about right now. But, you know, we're really taking this as an opportunity to look holistically at our whole statute and see what's in there, what's not, what makes sense, what doesn't. And part of our constraints in, go- in prosecuting practice without license is statutory. And so, you know, maybe revisiting that and making sure that we have the tools we need, you know, while still obviously adhering um, to due process and all of that to make sure that we can adequately prosecute those folks. And maybe it's a faster process. Maybe it's being able to impose penalties. You know, maybe it's increasing the criminal penalty on those kind of cases. I think there's a lot of different options we have to really strengthen our toolbox when we go after those folks. So all of us on the table and we're definitely open to having that conversation and uh, are really excited to see what, what statutory recommendations come out of the sunset process. Okay. Well, as you approach drafting and proposing new rules next year, how might that process differ for you guys in the new environment? So we do, we now have that extra layer of support from TDLR. So you know, kind of as we were discussing before, we are a small agency. There, It's a bit of a one-man band sometimes of, sometimes it was just me working on rules, sometimes it's just our general counsel or a combination of both of us. But, you know, TDLR has like a whole division dedicated to this. So it's really great to see subject matter experts, you know, people who are just so excellent at rule drafting and having access to those resources and contemplating things that we may not have thought about in our initial drafting. So uh, it's definitely taking us a little bit longer than I'm used to. I'm used to being like, I can just write this up, get it on the agenda, get it get it approved. And now we're actually we're going through the process, doing it right, um, and really looking for that stakeholder engagement uh, mm-hmm. to make sure that we're we're hitting all the relevant groups, licensees, the public, and make sure that they're engaged uh, in the process too. Great. Now, what are you most pleased with in the agency's progress so far? I know you've had a lot of progress, but have there been any pleasant surprises? I, you know, I'm going to kick it back to the team. Um, You know, obviously this last year has been a challenge and there's been a lot of things said about the vet board and the agency and the people that work there. But I am so absolutely impressed and proud of the way that they've just, they've kept their heads down, blocked out that noise and just did the work of the state you know, issuing licenses, making sure that we've got qualified professionals out there in the field, uh, investigating those complaints, and then our legal team enforcing those complaints um, is just really, you know, making sure that this, the process is still working, even despite kind of the noise and what's being said out there, that people should and have great confidence when somebody has a license from our agency, that they are a qualified professional, and that when they file a complaint, we're taking it as seriously as we can. Yes, awesome. To our licensees, Like I said, we are expanding our enforcement division pretty significantly. So if you haven't seen us in a while, you're probably going to be getting a visit from from the vet board. So please, you know, this is kind of your like pre-visit morning. Get everything in order. We're we're probably coming. So thank you so much for all of your efforts to make this process and this agency more beneficial to Uh, all of our licensees, all of our DVMs, and the public in Texas. Uh, Well, thanks for everything y'all do. And again, thanks for having me and giving me a space to talk about our, our wonderful agency. That was Brittany Sharkey, 
Executive Director of the Texas Board of Veterinary Medical Examiners. We're very thankful for all of her efforts and that the agency is getting some much needed attention and funding. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with a colleague and rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. A like, a share, a retweet, these are all great ways you can support TVMA that won't cost you a dime. I'm your host, Audrea Wood. Thanks for listening.